The sponsor for the month is Banner of Truth. If you're looking for a conference that's organized to help you rest, has faithful preachers that you've never heard about, because more than five preachers in North America know how to preach, and will focus on great themes of the Bible, then I would encourage you to consider attending the Banner of Truth East Coast Ministers Conference May 24th through the 26th in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. The conference theme this May will be on communion with God. It's a conference for men in the ministry and for those praying about entering the ministry. Men come to this conference again and again because of the like-minded fellowship, great books that are on sale, and the way it helps them recalibrate their hearts in the ministry. You can learn more at thebanneroftruth.org backslash ministers. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Here we are. We are in episode 180. And Jordan and I are finishing up the series on biblical womanhood. We're finally going to do it. We're finally here to do it. <laughs> it's a six-week series, but I think it's taken at least, well, it's been two months. It's probably been more like eight, yeah. I mean, 10, 11 weeks, something like that. I don't know. It'd be funny to actually see because it's been a long I know. time. But here we are. So We're, we're fin- doing it. Yes, we're finishing this up tonight. We're working through biblical womanhood, and we're going through six words, worship, work, help, submit, fear nothing. And today we're talking about love. We're going to go ahead and pray and ask for the Lord's help, and I'm going to set it up and do what we've been doing. It's just kind of passing it back and forth, but I'll set it up, and then I'll pass it off to Jordan uh, here in a second. Sound good? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm yawning. I know. That's right. We have, have had, it's, great, it's a great day. It's Easter Sunday. We had a phenomenal time at church this morning, and then we had family time after that. Mm-hmm. I think we're ready to relax. We're kind and, of tired, so I'm sorry if this sounds yeah, tired, everyone. That's all right. It's okay. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this time. We ask for blessing upon the conversation. And uh, Holy Spirit, we just ask for, for your leadership. We want to uh, walk in and follow your leadership and uh, turn our attention to Jesus. And uh, thank you for the ladies that have been listening in. God, I thank you for my pastor friends that have been listening in. And God, I pray that you'd give them courage and boldness. Uh, we have your word, and ultimately, your word is authoritative. And there are so many men that are pastoring churches that feel like they can't speak to women because they're not women. And ultimately, our authority doesn't come from our experiences or lack thereof. It comes from your word. And so we want to be faithful to preach all that you have in your word for us. And God, we pray that you'd help us to do that. So I pray this has been equipping for pastors as well as they're shepherding the women of their church. And uh, for the ladies who have been listening in, I pray it's been helpful as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, here we go. We are in Titus chapter 2. Titus 2 is a great chapter. Most of your work and really fruitful and fearless work is I mean, a yeah. lot of a overgrowth of just Titus chapter 2 of trying to explain that and train younger women and what it means to be a biblical woman. We have a clear command from older two older women, and it's, they have obligations in teaching younger women. Here's what it is. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to too much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husband, husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Now, we covered a lot of, of this as we've been working through these words in the last six months, or <laughs> six months, the last six weeks, right? <laughs> it's felt like six, six months, months <laughs> right? Again, it's late. Uh, late for us, anyways. It's actually only like eight o'clock. But um, <laughs> this passage is unique because there are things <clears throat> that, there are things that are just wired into, into us, even those who are in a fallen state, even those that are 
not yet born again, when we when we think about loving our children, it seems that it's just kind of a natural thing to love our children. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about this specifically, Paul commands the older women to teach the younger women and specifically says to love their husbands and children. You know, when we get married, when we first got married, we've been married for uh, 12 years now, going on 12 years. And uh, we've always just really liked each other. We've, we love each other and we really like each other. We get along. Um, it can kind of seem natural, like love your husband and children. What's the big deal about that? Like what is there to teach? Yeah, what is there to teach on that? But apparently there's something specific that older women are to do when it comes to coming alongside of these younger women. And it has to do with training them or teaching them to love their husbands and children. Because there's going to be times, apparently, that it requires having an older lady sit down and say, here's how you love them. Here's how you demonstrate mm-hmm. love, love. Here's how you're proactive. Right when it comes to loving your husband and when it comes to loving your children. Because even though there's that innate, just there in their love that you would just, you know, live and die for your children, there's apparently this kind of training regiment that's to be in the local church where these older ladies are to teach the younger ladies what it means to love a husband and what it means to love uh, love your children. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, a couple of thoughts. So, yeah, so it implies that there is an aspect of loving your husband and children that needs to be taught that isn't intuitive mm-hmm. um, or that maybe isn't always intuitive, that you need someone to come alongside you and teach. And um, this is where I myself, and I know a lot of women are just so desperate for older women to step out and be willing to teach and even like to do the awkward job of being like, hey, that wasn't respectful. Or mm-hmm. just saying those kind of things like, hey, Matt, that may, that your husband may not have liked it when you did this. Like, have you considered this? Um, and, and that can be difficult and feel like it's not loving to mm-hmm. the younger woman. But really, I know myself and, and like other women, if you really are trying to be a godly Christian woman, like you, you are going to desire that you're going to desire someone to come alongside you and disciple you. And, um, like we've said before, you're all, you're always an older woman to someone. So being the kind of woman that, um, that does desire someone else to come and disciple you, but also being the kind of woman that is willing to take a younger woman under your wing. And, and I like how Nancy Wilson puts it, um, being the kind of friend or having the kind of friends that are willing to tell you that your slip is showing is how she terms it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically just be like, Hey, that, that wasn't godly. Um, yeah. and just being willing to have those conversations can be so incredibly helpful when they're done out of love. And I think that we are scared to have those sometimes or, or see them as like a fight, like that it mm-hmm. will be a cat fight <laughs> in all reality. Like, the Bible calls us to have those kind of relationships and to have those kind of conversations and to be able to do it in a way that is not a fight, the way yeah. that is not defensive, not not taking it wrongly, but being able to take it and being grateful for it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about proactive love here in times that it isn't just natural, okay, when it, when it requires a conscious decision being led by the Holy Spirit through the power of God's grace being given to you that you're going to have to love your husband and love your children. And this is a, applicable to single ladies as well as they're lear- learning to demonstrate love when it just doesn't come natural to them. Like when it does just in a situation in a local church or with friendships or something like that where there's actions, there's there's this training to to love in the way that God would have us love. We have these examples in the scriptures where 
you know, Jesus lays out for us, for instance, on uh, forgiving one another. He says, uh, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. The example of forgiveness is his forgiveness. When we have the commands to commands to husbands, we have husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for, for her. And so there's this example of Christ, of the one who has loved perfectly. And I think it would be applicable here in this passage as well, where you're training ladies to love like Christ has loved, love like he is loving now, which is uh, even unconditional. So if you're talking to a younger lady, younger married lady with kids, and she's struggling, and there's just a difficult seasons of life, and being a mom is difficult, and sometimes being a wife is difficult. So what would you encourage her in about you know, learning to love as God would have her love in the home? So I think a huge one, um, especially if you're a new mother, is just being mindful of the giant self-sacrificing nature of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and also being a helper and a wife, that if that's not something that you've mentally been prepared for, something or something that someone has came and like prepared you for and like explained mm-hmm. to you, that can be like a semi truck hitting you. Yeah. Um, when you have your first child and it's like a twenty four seven job of caring for someone else's needs and not caring for your own needs, especially in that newborn stage of like it's just super hard to even like get food in your mouth and a mm-hmm. water right. <laughs> like it's it's sometimes hard to shower or brush your teeth like it's just completely denying yourself for the sake of another's well-being and that like i said can be just a shocking yeah. new reality um so i think being prepared to lay down your life for someone else and yeah. i Which, like john fifteen thirteen. greater love has no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends and like yeah. how much even greater are our family our loved ones than just friends um yeah. that we would lay our life down for our children and for our husbands and it's cool that we have the beautiful reality of matthew sixteen twenty five that Whoever should save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That as we are living this self-sacrificing life, laying down so much of ourselves, that we can find hope in the fact that if we are doing this for the glory of God, like, God, here is my meager attempts. I battle selfishness every day as I try to love my family selflessly. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, here's my meager attempts. Here's my desire to honor you and taking care of my children and loving my husband well. Please be honored in it. Mm-hmm. Um, help me to glorify you in it. Help me to be help me to be the kind of wife and mom that you would want me to be as I deny myself. Yeah, There are aspects of it that are very sacrificial. When we think about, because we bookend this for both the men and the women, we talk about biblical manhood or biblical womanhood. We start with worship and we end with love. Okay, and these all these are intertwined here. And when we're thinking about love, we're, we're thinking about sacrifice and and denial. And when you're talking about young children in the home, in in your twenties and your thirties, life is it's it requires sacrifice mm-hmm. if you're going to live as God would have you live. And it's always going to con- include sacrifice for the rest of our life, mm-hmm. like denying yourself, taking up the cross and following Jesus, taking up your cross and following Christ. This is something that's never going away in the Christian life. Right. It's, a, it's a life of self-denial. Yeah. However, there is a uniqueness to that stage of life when kids are young, especially it's if you're homeschooling. Yeah. yeah. It's just right. It's front and center every day. Mm-hmm. You know, parenting is amazing. I love my children. And yet it is a challenge. Okay. So we were talking to my mom 
And she was talking about if she could le- relive any decade. I was just thinking and about that. And mm-hmm. almost every parent says this yes. exact same thing. Yeah, my mom has because, said the same thing. Right, If you and if you could relive any decade. Now, I've been talking with Jordan about this, and I talk to people about this regularly. So I'm getting ready to, to bump into the age of 40. Okay, so the, the, the 30s decade has been incredible for me. And the 20s decade was incredible for me for different reasons. I'm expecting every single decade, it's going to have its uniquenesses, it's going to have its unique challenges, but I'm expecting every decade to be better and for it to build. And I know that there's going to be some value, there's going to be difficulty, and we get that right mm-hmm. in life. Um, but I'm expecting that each decade is going to come with just amazing things. And I'm trusting that and looking forward to that. So it's not like I'm, you know, looking into my 40s and thinking, oh man, that's that's going to be, you know, you know, dreary and, and difficult or something like that. Um, so when we think about being 80 years old or 70 years old and looking back on our life, I don't want to be the kind of person that just, you know, wishes my 80s away or wishes my 70s away. But almost everyone talks about this season when your children are young, mm-hmm. where it's like, if I could, this would be the only, you know, decade that I would repeat is the decade of the 20s, the decade of the 30s when our kids were young. So why, why do you think that is that the season that can also, I mean, for so many people be mm-hmm. very, very I mean, it's just, it is difficult, but we miss the beauty of it mm-hmm. be- because of some of the difficulty. In fact, I mean, there's some moms, you see this on Instagram culture and different things like that, where it's just, it's despicable how they talk about their yes. children and it is they miss horrific how great it is. So it, it does. I mean, it does seem to be clear because we see this everywhere where women are not being taught mm-hmm. to love their husbands and children. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're being taught to love the workplace, love everything outside of the home or love themselves. Exactly right. Uh, Don't sacrifice. Anybody who asks you to sacrifice, get them out of your life. Mm -hmm. And here is Jesus saying, no, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow, follow me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, this, this thing is, I mean, we have to teach people to love their husbands and children. We have to teach women to do that. And we need older ladies to do that because, uh, they're getting the exact opposite from everywhere else. Yeah, and there is a beauty and a blessing in self-sacrifice and and just a freedom in it also Mm -hmm. um, that, like, man, when you start living for the good of other people around you, there's, like, this weird freedom of, like, Mm self-forgetfulness, like that, um, is that a C.S. Lewis quote, quote, it's not thinking of yourself less, but it's thinking not, it's less not of thinking yourself. less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Right. Um, but there is like this freedom to be found in that of mm-hmm. like, man, a really joyful life is to be had in just forgetting about yourself mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and this isn't a self-loathing. This is mm-hmm. just a being more concerned with other people's yeah. um, good than with your own. Yeah. And and it's like a whole trusting that God provides for your needs. Um, that as I am giving of myself, loving, pouring out every ounce of myself, that God mm-hmm. provides for my needs and is blessing me. And mm-hmm. I'm like an incredibly happy woman mm-hmm. um, as I am trying not to really consider myself as often. Yeah. That's really good. I mean, feminism is basically morphed into narcissism. Narcissism is the highest virtue in our day. For some reason, it's become something glorious to think about yourself, to learn about yourself, mm-hmm. to marvel at yourself, to, I mean, <laughs> to, you know. And if we're honest with ourselves, like seasons of my life mm-hmm. that I've been the most self-focused have also been the most depressing seasons yeah. of my life. Yeah. Well, I think uh, for everybody, if you're going to follow Christ and ladies, if you're going to follow the Lord, you have to walk in self-denial. you got to deny yourself. And this is for everybody. It's for men. It's for children who are following the Lord. 
self-denial. And the promise is uh, that as you stop being obsessed with yourself, if you'll, you'll turn your attention to Christ. And instead of all the introspection, introspection can be okay at times as you're trying to navigate, why did I do that? Or something like that. But more times than not, we need to turn our attention away from ourselves. We need to consider Christ. And we need to be thinking about Him and His ways more than we're thinking about ourselves and our ways. And we need to walk in that and trust that God's going to give us what we need as we try to obey. And, you know, there's going to be times clearly where you're like, I just need to go for a walk and pray. Oh, and, yeah. And you Absolutely. just go for a walk and go and pray. Yeah. And sometimes loving your family is stopping and being like, okay, I need mm-hmm. to tag out for a second and yeah. go for a walk. Right. And the husband should be like, yeah, babe, go, mm-hmm. go. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Go for a walk, go for a run, do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Get out there. And uh, the whole point is that your your call is to love. And if you don't, um, if you don't do that, you will not walk in biblical womanhood. You'll walk in whatever this just crazy madness world of uh, quote unquote womanhood is today, which nobody knows. And uh, and so we want you to walk biblically and honor the Lord and be the woman that God has called you to be. And uh, and that's the best thing for you. So anything else? No, I really like the True Companion book by Nancy Wilson. It okay. actually is about being a pastor's wife, but um, she has some stuff that's applicable just for any wives, obviously. Okay. But. Cool. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this. Yeah. And thanks for joining me thanks on this. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, the sponsor of the month for those that are watching on Gab TV is Banner of Truth. So please go out and check out the banner, buy some books from them, and check out their East Coast Pastors Conference that's going on uh, next month, I believe. So check that out. It should be in the show notes. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And final thing, we're starting a new series on regulative principle uh, pastoring. That's going to start next week, and that's going to be a seven-week series. So be on the lookout for that. Okay, guys. I will not be joining for that one, so it will probably be on time. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. It will be, but that's okay. All right. Thanks so much.